Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, for as a man thinks, everybody say, say that after me, say, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That word thinks means to imagine. As a man imagines in his heart, that also means mind, soul, so is he. So let me start off by saying that thoughts have essence and thoughts become things. You are what you think you are. That's what the Bible says. For as a man thinks or imagines in his heart, so is he or so he becomes. Your thoughts become things. Einstein said one time, imagination is more powerful than knowledge because knowledge is limited. Imagination is unlimited. Think about the fact that we now fly in airplanes. And by the way, that design hasn't changed for many, 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 many years. The same thing. You can look back in the 50s to see the basic design is still the same. And that somebody had it in their mind or in their imagination that man was going to lift off the ground sustain safely from one destination to another destination. In the air, thousands of feet above the air. That would seem impossible. But with man, imagination, with your imagination, it is impossible. Matter of fact, your, your imagination doesn't know any impossibilities. It just thinks. It just goes where it goes. Same thing could be said about television. Think about that box, you know, that, that's not even a box anymore, that flat screen that's on your wall today or it's up on some type of shelf and you're watching that thing and, and we've had it for all these years, we take it for granted, but it's all these pixelated numbers and images that are coded and then decoded and scrambled and then unscrambled back on your screen and because this visual image, which is, by the way, really nice today, come on, nice images, and... um. And right into your living room, and you're getting what they designed it to have, you know, for you to have. And it's like, how did that happen? It's like magic. You plug it in, and there it is. That was in somebody's imagination. It was in somebody's imagination to put a man on the moon, and they got that done too. Unless you're a conspiracy theory guy, and I can't help you with that one. Praise God. But we went, we went. And also, the internet. Think about the internet. All this knowledge and information that goes, lightning speed just goes everywhere. All you got to do is put in your address, and bam, there it is. That was in somebody's imagination. Your telephone, your smartphone. Think about that. I said this on Thursday. The thing that you have in your, your hand most of the time, that smartphone is, has more power than it took to put the man on the moon, and they had rooms and rooms of those computers to make that happen. You've got more power at your, just at your fingertips. That came from somebody's imagination. So imagination, as a man thinks in his heart, so he will become. Romans 12.1 says this, and this is where we're going to take our text from. And do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. Y'all can talk today, can't you? Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind, your thought life, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformation comes through a renewed mind. So if you want your life to change or be transformed, you got to change your mind. You can't blame your brother. You can't blame your sister. You can't blame your neighbor, your wife, your uncle, your husband, or, or the government. Come on, somebody. You got to look at yourself and go, I got to do, I got to figure this out for me. Amen. I've got to renew my mind for my life to transform. And the way we do it as believers, the best way is being transformed by the word of God. 
How do you renew your mind? Your mind is renewed with the word of God and the word has transformative power. It transforms your belief system. So we're all going to believe something. You believe or, 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 or you don't believe, but you're believing to believe not. In other words, it's all based on your belief anyways. So what you've got to do is you've got to figure out what it is you actually believe. And the word of God, when you struggle with something, will change your belief system. If you believe that you won't be able to pay your bills, guess what? The good news, though, is this, is that if you get some word on it, it will change your belief system. Believe God will meet my every single need. So why are we messing around playing church when we're supposed to be the church? Get in that word. Study that word. Show yourself approved. Let that word go into your mind and change your mindsets in your thought life to imagine yourself with a much brighter and better future. John 6.33, Jesus says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words, say the words. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. A couple things here. You have the flesh and the spirit. The flesh and the spirit always war against the other. Flesh brings destruction. Spirit always brings life. But the Bible says here that the word, my words that I speak to you, they are what? They're spirit and they are life. So we connect to the word and it changes the inner dimension of who we are, that the spirit of who we are, which changes the mindsets of who we are, and that begins to change our flesh world, the things that we manifest into the world. So the word of God, the word of God gives new thought of what can be and what should be. Thank God you're in the house of God today because you're trying to learn the word. So you find out what can be in your life and what should be in your life brings things back into balance, back into priority. In other words, the word of God gives new thought. The word of God gives revelation. And the Bible says in Psalms 119, 130, it says, the entrance of your words give what? Light. Is it all up? It's not there yet. Okay. The interest of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So the word of God is like flipping on the switch on, the, on your house or your room or your, whatever you walk into. This room, same thing. We turn the room lights off. You won't see much. It gets pretty dark. The moment he flips the switch, light comes on the scene. We can see everything. The same thing with the word of God, which you couldn't see. By studying the word of God, knowing the word of God, it's like flipping the switch in your mind. Go, oh. I can actually have a good life. He doesn't want to kill me. He actually loves me. He'll forgive me of all my sin. That's what the Bible says. Wow. Y'all, that's why it's called the good news. But most people don't understand him because they don't understand his word. His word is it's the beginning of a light. It's throwing the switch on so you can see what the truth of your life really is. In other words, the word becomes a new entry point. It's a new beginning. It's light that comes on the scene. Jesus is the word of God. That's what the Bible, he's the light of the world. And he, what the Bible says in John chapter 1, that he was made manifest in the flesh. So Jesus started as the word of God. But he was sent to this world, and now he becomes manifested into the world, and he's really flesh and blood. Well, the same is true when you get a word from God. It's revelation. It's light. It's a word. It's like, oh, this is what you really want. This is what you really are. I get it now. This is my role within your will for my life. Oh, this is what it is. It's the beginning point of a new direction. And just like Jesus 
God's word had to be fleshed out into the earth. When you receive a word from God, God wants to flesh that word out in your life. I'm tired. I'm not mad at all. I'm not mad. I'm just preaching a little bit. I'm not upset. But I'm tired of seeing Christians get a word from God and 10 years later still ain't seen that word come to pass. It's time for us to flesh out the word God has given us. Now, now that's another message for another time, but we got to walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is not just believing. Faith is putting into action the things that you actually believe. Because we are, we, are, we are separated. We are divided within ourselves. We say we believe something, but we really don't. We think we believe it or we want to believe it. Because if you really believe it, you'll actually walk it out. Faith is showing corresponding action to that which you believe. Revelation is light, word that comes on the scene and gets fleshed out. Listen, whatever your deficiency is in your life, I don't care what it is, find the word on it. 66 books in your Bible. It's got every condition of mankind. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything you need is found in that book, and there's 66 of those books within that holy book, and if you find it out, you meditate the word that you find. In other words, you begin to think about it, and you begin to mull it over in your heart and your mind, and then you begin to speak it, and you will find that your life will begin to shift in that direction. But if all you think about is the negativity, what's been done wrong to you, how bad it's been, how I never get a break, how it's never going to work out for me, I've tried and failed before, that's the life you're going to have. Our imaginations have got to grow to a place where we go, I see, I can perceive, I believe. It's not just possible for Jeff Bruin, it's possible for me too in my life. Job 22, 28 says, you shall or will decree or declare a thing, and it will be established for you. Take that for what it is. So the moment you get the word, it's light that comes to you. The way you flesh it out is you begin to walk it out. But you walk it out by talking it out because you talk it because you believe it. Whatever you believe comes out your mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does speak. And when you declare God's word, it establishes you in the earth, which means calls to be recognized, to be accepted, to be set into a secure position. You can't be knocked out of it. Once you believe it and you start declaring it, that word begins to take you on that path and nothing can knock you out from it. And the latter part of that verse says, so light will shine on your ways. It's time to get the body of Christ out of darkness and into his marvelous light where there's victory and success and overcoming ability. David was this man, and I tell the story all the time. I won't preach this too hard, but it's an incredible story. And David goes to the front line, he fights Goliath, but when he sees Goliath, he, 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 he does what? He begins to recreate the scene in his mind of what he's already accomplished. And the reason that he was able to go against Goliath is because he reminded himself in his mind of what God had already done. See, his mind was renewed. If God was with me when I killed a lion, and I should not have been able to do it with my bare hands, but I did it. And I was able to kill a bear trying to protect my father's sheep, and I shouldn't have been able to do that, but I did it. I could only do that because God was with me. Then surely this Goliath has got to come down because God is with me. 
He imagined his victory over Goliath. Y'all got to see this. Why? Because we know, because he believed it. His mind was renewed to it. He knew what God had done. He knew what God was able to do, but he hadn't been there yet, but he could already see him going down because he spoke it. He declared it, and he said, this day you will be killed by my hand, Goliath. I'm going to take you down, take your head off, and feed your body to the birds of the air. You will bow your knee. And he takes Goliath down. Are you starting to see this? But if he could not see it in his mind's eye, if he could not believe it in his heart of hearts, then he could not have achieved it in his, in his life. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. Come on, y'all. Think about it over and over. That's what meditation is. Meditate it over and over, day and night, the word of God, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. In other words, i got to have my action step of faith. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. If I'm not thinking about the word of God, meditating the word of God, believing the word of God, putting the word of God in my mind to the place where I start to believe it, to the place I begin to observe to do according to what is written in it, then I can't make my way prosperous and then I can't have good success. Everybody wants to prosper. Everybody wants to have good success. And it is God's will for you to have that happen. But you got to understand, it starts with you or you will be poor the rest of your life. You've got to change the mindset on the inside of you. I don't want the world anymore to pull ahead of the church because they understand this, because they use Eastern mysticism to get this stuff. But Eastern mysticism is not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the word of God. They stole it from God. Meditation on the word of God, not meditation on somebody's book or somebody's self-helps. I'm talking principles. I'm talking about the word of God, which is God's will for your life. The Bible says that, the, the, this is how we know it's not Eastern mysticism. He said that you bring every thought into captivity, come on, unto Christ, casting down vain imagination, which means wrong imagination, which tells me my imagination is always going 24-7. It's always there, whether I believe it or not, it's there, and there's wrong imagination, and then there's word imagination. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law, again, shall not uh, depart out of your mouth, but shall meditate it day and night. Well, what does that mean, meditation? Well, we know it means to think or think by muttering. It actually means you're thinking so intently about it, your mouth begins to move. You ever caught yourself in a grocery store or in your car and your mouth's moving because you're thinking about something so hard? That's how, that's how deep the meditation becomes. But did you know that the word meditation is where we get the word medication? I'm going to say it one more time, y'all. It's where we get the word medication. It's from meditation. In other words, Whatever you think about is going to medicate you. Now, you can be medicated for the wrong things. You can be medicated for the right things. But whatever you think about is bringing medicine to your life and into your world. And I think there's, there's a lot that can change in our medical conditions. Come on, y'all. If we start thinking the right things in our life and in our hearts. Amen. I believe that. Well, my, my Bible tells me that his word is light. My Bible tells me that the word of God is more powerful until God puts it above his very name. That's the best medicine we could ever have. 
Okay, so your thoughts, church, are internal images. Are you all still, still with me so far? Your thoughts are internal images that the mind perceives as reality, okay? So that's how you know, like, for instance, when uh, you're having a dream. How many ever had a dream and, uh, you know, it was intense? Someone's trying to get you, uh, you know, there's uh, shots are being fired or, or someone's trying to come into your home and, you know, scary dream, uh, monsters, whatever, right? And, and, and you woke up. And when you woke up, you were in a sweat, and your heart was pounding, right? And you looked all around the room like, oh, am I still in the dream? What's going on here? What's happening? Am I, has anybody had that before? Isn't that interesting? Now, it's only a dream. But your body didn't know what was real and what was unreal to the point that you started breaking out in a cold sweat. Your body breaks a cold sweat. It bleeds it so much your heart is pounding out of your chest and you've had no exercise whatsoever. You were sleeping. Your mind perceives what is inside of it as true and as real. So if you think you're going to die an early death because your father did and your grandfather did or your grandmother did or whatever, and you let that happen in your head over and over and over in your imagination, that's what's going to take place. So I'm trying to save somebody's life here today so you don't die an early death. You've got to get this in your spirit. I'm not going out like that. That's not who I am. God's word says I can be healed. Because your body doesn't know the difference. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, 12 tells us how to sort th our thoughts out uh, as to what's false and to what is real. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Watch this. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God comes to separate what is wrong and what is right. It comes and does what? Separate soul and spirit, joints and marrow, but also discerns the thoughts, the inner thoughts of our heart, the imagination, the things that play like a, like a movie in our hearts or in our minds. It separates it from what is right and what is wrong. Let me make this statement. Renewed imagination is this. It's taking dominion over your thoughts. Godly imagination harnesses, organizes, and brings order and direction to your thoughts. It gives your thoughts an assignment. Um, it's taking control, not allowing your mind to wield itself and to go in any direction it wants to, but I, with my godly thoughts and the word of God in the image of the imagination or the image of God in my heart and mind, I harness those thoughts that come in. I organize them. I say what's not supposed to be there and what's supposed to bring. I bring order to it. I bring direction to them. I give my thoughts an assignment. There are 35, they tell me, there are 35 to 48 thoughts that happen a minute. Every single 60 seconds, you have up to 48 thoughts that are going on in your head. That's 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. How many knows we need some organization? Come on, somebody. We need to be healed. We need to harness those suckers. We need to bring them into order and give them direction. That's exactly like the woman, the Shunanite woman, uh, that that uh, my wife actually preached about last Sunday and with the prophet, and they were friends, and they had built him a, a room, and he promised that they would have a son. God gave him the son. And the son was a little bit older, he was still a kid, and he dies. He dies of some sort of brain hemorrhage. He was crying out because his head hurt, and he dies, and she places him upon the prophet's bed. And as she leaves and goes to talk, she gets stopped a couple times, and she's running to Elijah. 
Elijah represents the word of God. And when she stopped and they say, they could tell she's frantic. What is going on? Is everything okay? And she, her words were what? All is well. Now, you know in her mind, her mind was going crazy. You know sorrow was trying to overtake her. When sorrow overtakes you, it begins to put a depression upon you. You don't want to run nowhere. You just can't believe what just happened to you. But she's working on something. She's running to the man of God because the man of God has her answer. Again, that represents the word of God because the prophet always represented God's word in the earth. There wasn't written things at that time. And so they would, she went, she said, I know he has my answer. My mind is out of control. I'm grief stricken, but I'm picking myself up. I'm not going to believe this is the end of it. I'm not believing this is how it's going to end or how it's going to end up in my life. And she goes, and of course the man of God comes and raises him from the dead. She's evicting the thoughts of death and defeat. Uh, and, and what is she doing? Instead, she's imagining he's coming back to life. All is well. She's imagining wellness in his life. Is that easily done? No. That's why you can't wait till something tragic happens. Start with a cold. Before you deal with cancer. Come on, somebody. Start with a cold. Start with what you got. Don't wait for something to break out so bad and overwhelming. Just start with saying, no, I'm not going to receive. This is an extra bill we didn't need. Yeah, I can cover that right now, but I don't need this. This is wrong. Father, in the name of Jesus, now, Lord, I pray, show me a way. Show me a better pattern. Because every time I take one step forward, I'm seemingly getting knocked back too. Thank you that I made it through, but I don't want to have to worry like this the rest of my life. Amen, church. And so that's what happened with her. She's organizing. She's putting order in her life. She's giving her thoughts direction. No, you will not rule me today. I'm ruling you. You're going to switch this way. Let me make this statement. Proper meditation creates proper imagination that yields proper manifestation. I'm going to say it one time. Proper meditation creates proper imagination that yields proper manifestation. The truth is, imagination is the creative power of God to recreate and to redesign your life. I said something right there that's kind of deep. I'm going to say it one more time. Imagination is the creative power of God to recreate and to redesign your life. It is substance to build from. It works best, though, when it's renewed by, when your mind is renewed through the word of God. The world can do this, but it doesn't mean it's God's will for their life. But when you want God's best life, that good, perfect, acceptable will of God, you got to have your mind transformed by the word of God. And the word of God brings transformative power into your world. And it gives what? It gives new thought. It gives me an imagination to go, oh, I can do something. Okay, I can't tell you how many times. I, I didn't write this all down. But I can tell you there's story the story in my own personal life where I was going a certain direction because that's what I saw. And then all of a sudden, I saw something in God's word. I go, whoa, what, what was that again? And I'll reread it go, wait a second here. And it went in my spirit. And I was like, I started challenging myself. Wait, what is God telling me here? Because that's not what I thought it was. This is what he says. And then I began to do what? Renew my mind according to what his word says, not according to what I see. Look, the struggle that you've been going through isn't with the circumstance. That's just what you think it is. The real struggle is with your mind. It's what you think. It's what you imagine. 
2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Watch this. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary, subject to change. But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. So in other words, it's what I don't see with my natural eyes. But I see I got eyes to see. See, I do see, but it's not always necessarily a condition on what I see out here to make my judgment calls or to make my decisions. As a matter of fact, those circumstances could really be lying to me. Might not, but they really could be lying to me. So I've got to always check it with the eyes of my spirit. God's word gives me light or eyes to see what I couldn't see. Matter of fact, one of the prayers that Paul had in the book of Corinthians was that God, or Ephesians, was that God would enlighten their eyes to understandment. They would understand what God wanted for their life. It was something about their eyes, not the ones we see through, but, but the ones that actually we see with, the spirit, what, what, what's, what's eternal. And then Jesus said in John chapter 4, 35, do you not say there are still four more months? He said, then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Let me ask you a question. What, what other eyes do they have to look with than the ones they were already looking with? Lift up your eyes. Okay, okay. I mean, what was he saying there? Obviously, he wasn't talking about their natural eyes. So we must be able to see in a different way. We must be able to have some perception or discernment, eyes to see what can't be seen, and those things are eternal. But the eyes I can see that I look and see with my natural eye, those things are temporary. Here's the good news is you got a pile of bills at home on your desk. That's what you can see with your natural eyes. Guess what? They're temporary. So what is God's word? The word challenges what you see with your natural eyes to see what he sees, every bill and debt being paid. Now, you got to dig that out for yourself, and I'll, I'll go into some teaching at some point about that too. But you'll see that, okay? Now, watch. He says, lift up your eyes or lift up your imagination. Begin to see that the, wheel, the wheat field is already white for harvest. Look, he said, at the fields. Look at what's denying you. Look at what has not brought you what you want and then begin to imagine the possibility of it coming forth. Okay, I'm going to lose half y'all on this stuff. Here we go. Y'all still with me? It's Sunday morning. I know we got visitors. God bless you. Here we go. Can you imagine, can you imagine your harvest? Can you? I'm asking you, can you, can you, I'm saying really, can you really see your life better than it is today? Can you see your healing? Can you see your prosperity? Can you see yourself in a better job with better benefits? Can you see your children serving Almighty God? What, what is it? What is it you're believing God for? Can you actually see it? God is wanting you to do something brand new. He wants to do something that just blows your mind in your life. But you have to see it to free it. I'm going to say it again. You have to see it to free it. And, and look what Isaiah 43 says in verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. In other words, whatever you think about in your old world, your old past life, let it go. Why? Because you can't go back to change it. He said, don't consider it. Behold, I will do a new thing. 
God's always wanting to do something brand new in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's an impossibility. Rivers are not in deserts. There's no water in deserts. It's a wilderness. And yet God says it'll bloom and water will be there. I'll do something new. I'll do something fresh. Can you see it? Can you believe it? Do you know that I'm capable of doing those things for your life? Because if you can't see it, you can't free it in your life. And, and before my, my wife and I started this church uh, years ago, and, um, and, and I, we were only thinking about coming here. So we didn't know where we were going to go. I didn't even know much about Milwaukee. We're not from here. And so, and so we just knew God had called us to come here. And so we were going to walk in obedience. So while we are in that planning stages, we had a lot, of, a lot of different ways that we could go about it. So I began to pray. And every time I begin to pray, after I begin to pray and ask God for a certain direction, I would begin to imagine myself there. Now, I didn't think of myself. I wasn't, like, trying to imagine. It's just that's where my thoughts went. And my thoughts went to this day and 10 years before this day and five years before that day. And, and, and so, in other words, my, my, as I prayed, my imagination began to go wild, but in the best way possible. And the more I prayed and studied God's word about coming here, the more he did speak to me, but the more my imagination began to grow unto the place. At first, it was uncomfortable thinking, well, I don't even know where to go. I don't know anybody. How will this even happen? I don't have the money to do it. All that stuff began to go away because what I imagined after I began to pray and study God's word became so real to me that it was impossible for me to fail. I just said something right there. But if you step out with blind faith, as they call it, cannonball run, come off, off the cliff, and you didn't check to see that at the end of the cliff there's any water at all, come on, you might get hurt. But if you begin to pray and yield yourself to the Spirit of God, and know what his word is saying to you, your imagination begins to explode to a level you go, wow, six months ago, I would have never thought I would believe this, but now I actually believe this and more. I was renewing my mind with the word of God, and the word of God was causing my imagination to explode with his possibilities in my life. After imagination comes, declaration comes. So imagination brings declaration. Once your mind is in agreement with your spirit, it's time to speak. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, For surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, speaks it, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Don't you dare skim over that verse. Don't you, I've heard that. You better look at that one. Let's read it one more time. For surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain, be removed. What's he talking to? A mountain. So why are we talking about our mountains? We're supposed to be talking to our mountains. Be removed. Be cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe the things that you say will be done, and whatever he says will be done. Now, church, the word can't make it more plain than that, except let's go to Job chapter twenty-two, twenty-eight. 28. It says this again. You will decree a thing, and it will be established. Watch this. 
And when they cast you down and you say, watch this, exaltation will come. You know, there are people that are not going to like what you say. There are things and situations, circumstances that can come up that are going to try to deny you of what you're saying. But when it comes, you go ahead and speak anyways, and you say, exaltation, which means promotion. Promotion will come. I don't care how it looks, I'm getting promoted. Then he will, sa then he will save the humble. Watch this. The humble person, he will even deliver one who is not innocent. And I don't know them looking around a whole room full of innocent people here today, including myself. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made big-time mistakes in our life. But because we're speaking what God wants, I have never seen yet anywhere in God's word where God called somebody perfect outside of Jesus Christ. Everybody else was an imperfect, big-time imperfect vessel, but God still fulfilled his plan through them, not because they were perfect, because they walked by faith, not by sight. They did it God's way, and God responded. Even if you're not innocent, watch this. He'll deliver him by the purity of your hands. Church, we've seen this happen. We're sitting in a building today that we should not have gotten all those years ago because we decided as a church we're going to believe God, we're going to speak God's word every single Sunday and every single Thursday night service, and we declared God's word, we put up on the screens, and we spoke what we wanted from God's word, by the way, out of Deuteronomy, mostly, out of Deuteronomy and, and the book of Joshua, and we spoke, it took us five to ten minutes, whatever it was, every single time, visitors, everybody, we said it together, and we confessed about this building, so that when this building came, we could not miss it. That's what God wants to do with you. See, the will of God is wanting to show up, but you got blinders on because you're looking at what you see, and you ain't got enough of whatever you need to get that done. So you got limitation. So the word of God takes the limits off so that your mind can be renewed to new possibilities so that when it shows up, it will not pass you by. And I wonder how many opportunities have passed us by because we were not prepared in our meditation game. And when our meditation is not right, then what happens? Then our imagination can't be right. And if our imagination can't be right, then our declaration can't be right. And if our declaration can't be right, we can't have what we say. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I'm saying it almost like it's a system. Because it is a little bit of a system, but actually it's a natural response. If I'll get in his word, watch this, and I begin to pray, the word of God, the Bible tells us to be in his word. The Bible tells us day and night. The Bible tells us to get, that now if you pray, Jesus said, but when you pray, not if, but when you pray. So we're supposed to be doing that anyways. When that happens, what's happening? Instantly, my imagination is being renewed. I'm beginning to change. My life begins to, starts to move in that direction. I'm not thinking about, what's the next step? Okay, he said, now do the declaration part. No, it's all automatic. Then out of the abundance of my heart, for as a man thinks in his heart, imagine his heart, come on, so is he. So once that's changed, everything comes out of my mouth. When my mouth speaks it, come on, it brings it order. My hearing hears it. I start believing my own press. I can do it. I will do it. God has made up his mind. It's going to happen. And then you start walking so close to God, you don't even say anymore, it's going to happen. You start saying, it has happened. 
pretty good for first service. Hallelujah. Words can bless you or words can curse you. They create images of blessing. They create images of cursing in you. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life in the power of what? The tongue. Words. So it creates images of blessing and cursing. In other words, somebody told you that was an authority over you when you were a kid. You're ugly, you're stupid, no good, whatever, right? Man, you have that, you've had to, had to climb out of a hole now. Those words went inside of you, and it created this image inside of you that says, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. I'm stupid. I'm ugly. I'd like to go to college, but I'm stupid. Who told you that? God never said that about you. God's never even spoken like that about you in your life. But somebody else did. They have death words and they have life. Then somebody like me comes on and said, oh, no, no, wait a second. Now hold everything here. That's nonsense. If you want it, go for it. God will help you. God will bless you. You can take. And I, let me tell you what I say. You're incredible. You're awesome. Oh, you might not have 143 IQ. Neither do I. Who cares? God will take you where you want to go. Where do you want to go? And somebody starts speaking life. And now a new image starts coming into you. Okay, that's me with you, you with me. How about our children? Why don't we start speaking life to our children rather than cursing? Well, I love my kids. I don't, I don't speak cursing. Oh, we tell them all those. You know what we do a lot of times? We tell our kids all the limitations. I've done it too. About what, I can't afford that. I can't give you that. You know, money don't grow on trees. When you were a kid, what did you say? Yes, it does because that's paper and paper comes from trees. <laughs> Smart Alec. Just write a check. Write a check, mom. That's easy, right? So, no, we tell them a lot of things that they're not able to do. We don't, we don't allow them to dream and to imagine. I think our job should be to, to make them feel like they can do anything they want to do. And then when they start stepping out, we try to help them. And when they can't do certain things, we try to guide them into what they can do. But we should not steal the very thing that God's placed on the inside of them. And so, let me tell you something else. Sometimes we don't see what God sees in them. Hence David. And his father did not see a king inside of him. Saw it in all the other brothers, but didn't see it in him. Oh, my goodness, I'm over my time. But, he, but God did. God saw it. So my point is, when your child starts telling you something that you go, I don't know about that. You got to let them dream anyways. Let them do it. And let God begin to steer them where he wants them to go. Start speaking words of life. Am I right about that? Calling those things that be not as though they were. Why? Because we're like him. God calls the dead life, and so can we because we've been made in his image. In the image of God, we have been made. Somebody say amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise today.